0: my friends. Afraid, are you?
1: This station is being brought to you via Nullsoft Shoutcast streaming technology. For more information, visit shoutcast.com.
0: Hi, this is Lisa Stevens president of the Star Wars official fan club and you're listening to Star Wars On Direct.
1: Cyclean.net c'est... Toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga Des événements et rencontres entre fans Un énorme forum de discussion Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars Incluant une ligne ouverte en direct Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe Et bien plus encore Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur Cliquez sur le www.citlan.net.
2: Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple net.ca.
1: transmissions. A communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come. The coordinates the name is pulling us in. You may fire when ready.
3: Commence primary ignition.
4: Welcome to Star Wars on Direct Live from SFX, the first exposition of the kind here in Montreal. And uh, today we're gonna have real big fun. Uh, I'm with my uh, my producer. Yes. You Hi. How you doing? Uh, having fun so far at the convention? Yes Oh great, that's what I wanted <laughs> to hear uh, We're going to be doing a lot of interviews Live interviews with uh, Bruce Jones Jeff Kelly is right here with us Hi Jeff Hi And uh, of course we're going to slide in a little interview With uh, Peter May who we did uh, just yesterday This is Sunday by the way <laughs> we're, we're, do- we're doing the show yeah. on the same day we usually do it
0: The uh, the Mayu interview will not be on this show But we will play it uh, on on some minute. other show Yeah uh, There won't be any
4: Hyperspace segment today <laughs> oh, <or laughs> Of we, course we have, we have some people Who want to remain Spoiler free here At the yeah. convention We so <laughs> don't want to spoil all of them uh, We don't have Miscellaneous news Either no. uh, Nor events In front of us But uh, we plead you Go to the TFN.com uh, TF, The Force.net uh, Website And uh, visit their Convention webpage Yeah Okay uh, where's my co-host? Where's Kit Fisto? What happened to him? He's he's sleeping in today. Probably <laughs> because it was a really hard night yesterday. Yeah. We actually went out to the bar with uh, to the old Dublin with Robert O'Reilly, who was a Klingon, <laughs> and uh, we had a really nice political discussion. That yeah, was that, that, that's, that's what I heard. <laughs> and that's right after, of course, having supper with the Wookie himself. Yes. None other than Peter Mayhew and his wife, we had. A, a lot, lot of, of friends Yes, and a lot of friends that were there with us it We will incredible. be talking
0: with uh, Martin Who was there with us a That's little right. bit later on
4: Come on, Martin, say hi from the background There you <laughs> go <laughs> Good wiki, good wiki Okay, so we're going to start right now After this little uh, transition. Not, not too high, Martin. Not too high, Martin Stop playing with the volume so we're going go into, to go into a small transition and we're going to be right back with Jeff Keoletti the director of *Millenniums* and Defend the Menace and Silent But Deadly 1 and 2 and 3 pretty soon I heard and we are back live from SFX as I was saying earlier with Jeff Cialetti <laughs> excuse me for that <laughs> how you doing? Good, good. How are yourself? I'm very well. You? Do you enjoy yourself here in Montreal? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Great city. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Sadly enough, you don't have any uh, DVDs because there was a little mishap. So
5: yeah, yeah. A little little FedEx issue that <laughs> yeah. needs to be resolved. <laughs> I, I, think, I think everyone
4: in Montreal has issues with FedEx and UPS, so we're going to leave them on the side. So, you are the director of tons of fan films and documentaries and most of the most notorious for the Star Wars fandoms are of course But Deadly 1 mm. Sun But Deadly 2 and we've heard there's a third one in production is that right? that's right oh that's great can't wait to see it and one of the best I personally believe it's the best documentary ever filmed on Star Wars fandom Millennium's and The Fandom Menace well, thank you thank you <laughs> you got tons of footage from Different locations. How did how did it actually happen? The millions and uh, film.
5: Okay. Well, it started uh, sometime in 1997. Um, I had been following a lot of the news, the production updates, that sort of stuff on episode one. Mm-hmm. You know, I Star Wars fan since I was five years old, 1977, and um, I just couldn't wait for the new film to come out and. So I'm kind of there every day Checking what's new What's new What's new And I'm like You know what I've got to do something To sort of channel this excitement I'm sure there's a lot of other people Out there like me Who um, are, are just as excited for this as I am I, I think I should really kind of cover The excitement for this film And the build up for episode one The hype And yeah. at this point you know, It was about two years away So I figure I'll kind of lead up to it During the two years prior to its release mm-hmm. And then you know, finish on the day it's released, and so that's how it started. I started out fairly small. Um, I'm from the, the New York City area, so it's um, it, it's like I wanted to just keep it local at first. Mm-hmm. I started just looking for things in that area, and then I went down to Washington D.C. in October. Of 97 And um, Because George Lucas was there To accept the award From the Smithsonian When he was just opening The Magic of Myth So I went down to see that And I Did some interviews On the line outside And that sort of thing And It just got to the point Where I realized That I can't Keep this Like a regional thing I have to go Sort of nationwide with it And Next thing I know I'm, I'm Shooting things in California And then you, you get know. some footage in Montreal, I think. Yeah, Montreal yeah. In, in um the, the Empire Con the first yeah, Empire Con January ninety yeah. nine, Empire Con. And um so yeah, it took me to California, to Montreal, to Atlanta, to Denver, obviously for the Star Wars celebration one. Um Chicago, um I'm just forgetting so many Los different Los Angeles places. probably yeah, as well. Yes, so Los Angeles and um uh or so, Atlanta all, all over the place. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I realized that once I got to Denver, um, which was one of the last locations aside from the actual opening shoot in, in New Jersey, um, I had realized I had shot in every time zone uh, <laughs> in, in the continental United States. So yeah, it was, that, that was cool. And in, in Canada as well, because I did shoot in, in Montreal. Well,
4: how did you actually like urge,
5: first of all, of EmpireCon 1, and what did you actually come here? <coughs> I d- it was interesting I had always kind of been Looking for conventions Like from the very very beginning I figured conventions were The first place I should really be looking But at that time it was interesting Because there weren't a lot of Dedicated Star Wars conventions yeah. there were, like Star Wars was very underrepresented At a lot of cons Not until around nineteen, late 98, mm-hmm. 99 Did it start getting more of a presence mm-hmm. Obviously with episode 1 coming yeah. And it was kind of like Laying low for a while, and I just was frantically always looking for cons that had some sort of Star Wars representation that I could get some decent footage. And I was just like looking online. I found out about this Empire Con thing, and I was like, "Well, Montreal, um, that's fairly close." Yeah. And then I actually ended up flying to that because mm-hmm. it was January. You know, obviously the roads <laughs> were <worked laughs> crap, that's, and yeah. and. Um, and you know, it was a cheap flight. I mean, at that time of year, it was like just a little more than $100 okay. to fly around trip. Mm-hmm. So, um, And I actually, I flew to most of my, obviously, to Denver and to L.A. and all that. And in Atlanta, that was all, you know, I had to fly to these places. And that's where the main expense for my budget came from was just travel expenses, just yeah. to get to these places. Yeah. I mean, I shot it very cheaply in terms of, you Poor know, with, with the, the, you know, the tape and everything else. But the real money came from the travel expenses. So I just I went up to Montreal and... Were and you
0: surprised uh, that it was an ex-,
5: ex, exclusive Star Wars
0: convention? Yes, because
5: it was really, you know... I mean, later that year was going to be the, the celebration, but aside from that, it was really the only um, dedicated Star Wars convention. So, it was great, and it was very well attended. I think the final tally was about 2,500... You know. Yeah, 2,500... Mm-hmm. 3, 3,500. 3,500, wow, actually. stand correct, 3,500 people were there. I mean, it was just wall to wall, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And... And, you know... Tell you the truth, it was a lot more fun than the celebration was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so and I mean, it was just it was it was a lot of fun. And it was the first time I was in Montreal too, so it was it was great. And this is actually the first time since then that I've gotten back, so I'm okay. really excited to be here
0: again. You need to come in su- during the summer. Yeah, uh, I, okay. know, <laughs> <that's> right, <laughs> I know. You <laughs> you'll, you'll have come to come to back. You'll have to drive up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, of course,
4: there's Monument and. and Is that what started your passion for documentaries and films and you decided to go with the silent but deadly things?
5: Well, I'd always been... I always wanted to be a filmmaker. I'd always kind of been taking, like, classes here and there, workshops and whatnot, and currently I'm I'm in a graduate program for it, so... Um, But I always wanted to do a documentary, but I never found the subject matter that really inspired me. I mean, little ideas would come and go in my head and then forget about them. And then it just... It really... with, With... Millennium's End, it was really, literally, like, one moment of inspiration. Oh, sorry. A little bit closer, yeah. Sorry. With Millennium's End, it was really just one moment of inspiration I can trace it back to. I was at work one day um, on one of the websites, and it just hit me. You know, there's no other way to explain it. It's just, like, all of a sudden, I realized I had to do it. And I'm like, yes, I can do this, and I will do this. And so I did it, and that was, like, my first 400 documentaries. And now, like, since then, I've done two other documentaries and I'm working on a third, uh, on a fourth now, and um, and then *Song of Deadly*. Obviously, I, I always wanted to do like a non-documentary film. I always wanted to do short films as well, and I always kind of had this idea in the back of my mind to do something where, um, you know, George Lucas gets even, you know, and and it kind of evolved, and I, I, I talked about it with Lou, you know, initially when I had the idea, and then we, you know, brainstormed a lot, and it evolved, I said, you know, we should really be done silent, and then as we brainstormed more, it came up, well, if we're going to do it silent, because I wanted it to be more of a visual thing, yeah. with yeah. visual yeah. comments, yeah, no so with the dialogue would be completely unnecessary, so, um, so we did that, and we're like, well, if we're going to do this, you know, let's just... Do it all the way Like in the old time style With you know Black and Either white. black and white Or sepia tone We actually went with sepia tone And um Which actually It worked out Because I actually have A sepia tone function On my camera So I didn't actually Have to do it in post production Which would have taken Longer <laughs> to render <laughs> So it, yeah. that was good And um And then we'll You know We'll, we'll get some like Old ragtime music yeah. And we'll Put that in there And we'll speed it up We sped it up As like Two times normal speed which we did in post production, and and it just worked, you know, it really worked. And we're like, and and it did fairly well at the um, first Lucasfilm Adam Films fan film. We we were runners up in two categories. We were actually runners up in the um, the audience award. We had the second highest number of votes, and and we were honorable mention in the Spirit of fandom category. And then we thought oh, we that was good. It was great. We got some some notice for it, and. Um, and then, like right after the Celebration 2 in, um. in. in. Indianapolis. Indianapolis yeah. Sorry, I forgot to keep forgetting. <laughs> I was kind of walking around, and the one thing that I noticed that wasn't much different from Celebration 2, between Celebration 2 and Celebration 1, you know, it was like, it was like nice weather and it was mostly indoors, That's uh, it. was the lines were still oppressively long. Yeah. And it just dawned on me I'm like, you know, Star Wars fans Are the most patient people on Earth Because all we ever do is <laughs> stand in line yeah. And I'm like, what would have, what would happen if like Somebody just like snapped And just yeah. decided to start beating people up And then I was like, huh, oh. you know There's an idea there And I kind of just filed that in the back of my mind And and it, it, I always thought well, It would be a good idea if we ever do Like a second song with Deadly Like we never really pursued it at that point It was several months later when Lou and I really started talking about it again um, He was like, oh, you know, we should make another movie And I'm like, well, I have an idea for Silent But Deadly 2 And he's like, really? And so I kind of had this whole idea about line rage Like if somebody just completely snaps And and then we can have the troopers go after him And we, we it kind of went back and forth Like he and I would sort of Throw ideas off of each other And originally it was going to be like Like maybe three guys that went crazy They were kind of a gang But we realized it would uh, I I forget whether Which one of us finally (laughs) said Let's just do this with one I remember we kind of just went back and forth about it And and, uh, we finally decided that one person would be Enough Because Um it actually makes him more menacing if yeah. he's like you know, the first one was three because they were fairly like wimpy guys that yeah. they're very easy to capture but this guy you know sort of turns the tables on the troopers a little bit yeah. and actually turns it into more of a chase rather than you know you know the first one was just kind of like a crackdown the second yeah. one is the chase yeah. and the only all i can tell you about the third one at this point we're That, about that we're was my next question Yeah I can go into that episode I can go into it a little bit But I don't want to spoil too much we're, Right now we're about Three quarters of the way Done shooting it We have very little Left to do We've done all the major scenes We just have a few Minor scenes to do And um, we've been shooting it Since September and Which is like the longest shoot We've ever had For any of these movies Because the first one We shot in a day the second one we shot over the course of a month, but on like four separate occasions. But this one just keeps going. It's <laughs> just it's just crazy how many shoots we've had. There's always something. Yeah, to and have. we've already. The funny thing is, we've uh, you know we've we've compiled the most amount of raw footage that we've had of any of the films. Like I think the first one we had a little more, like an hour and ten minutes, I think, was what we had in just okay. raw unedited footage. The second one was a little more. It was maybe two and a half or three hours. We've already got six hours of oh. footage and we're <laughs> not even done yet. <laughs> so it's like, and we have to cut this down to like a six or seven minute movie. Yeah, so, so it's going to be fun. But um, but basically, I would describe it. It's it's a revenge film. It's really it, it incorporates elements from the first and second film. So it's a very natural progression from one and two.
0: And you still got the stormtrooper and George Lucas. Oh, just the, yes. yeah, they're they're yeah. all still the troopers oh, are okay. still
5: there. Lucas is still there, I mean that whole element's there, I mean obviously they're they're the stars of the film. the troopers are the stars of the film, great. and they have to um actually do their job and okay. that's what it's about so uh,
0: that's great uh how much uh each movie cost by how much the first movie cost? To, to, uh, to put up and
5: The first one was, was fairly inexpensive um, I think When all was said and done We spent about $300 on it okay. Which was, you know I mean obviously Having the equipment already Like if yeah. we actually had to buy the equipment mm-hmm. We would have been in the thousands But but because I already had the equipment You know It didn't cost us much money And we you know We basically would split that expense Between the two of us So that was that was pretty good And the second one Was probably around the same Except it was more complex um, because we used real locations, mm-hmm. um, we had a you know a real theater, a real convention, and okay. a real um, toy store. So, okay. but fortunately, it all it took you know was a few phone calls, and we didn't actually have to pay to use any of those locations. So we right. saved a lot of money. <laughs> we gave it some really good production values. Um, so it really didn't end up costing us any more because we actually we didn't have to rent the SUV that was used in the first one. The first one. Um, Uh, that was a real nightmare I can tell you about in a minute too getting that SUV (laughs) Um, but you know that was getting that SUV was about $80 you know US money so it was that was a big part of the budget right there and there were a lot of headaches associated with that and then um, but we didn't have to have that so we actually saved some money there and Mm -hmm. the third one is costing us a lot more than the other two probably more than the first two combined Mm -hmm. Um, we were lucky because we we did win some money when we actually, you know, we I, I forgot to mention that Assam Deadly 2 won the Spirit of Fandom Award yeah. at the Lucasfilm Awards this year. And, um, so we got, in addition to the cool trophy with R2D2 and C3PO <laughs> drinking soda and eating popcorn, um, we got like a check for $500. So we used all of that for the, the, yeah, for, you know, props and production and, you know, craft service and, and whatnot. And we've already run out of that money, and we're <laughs> already going out of pocket at this point, and it'll probably cost us about seven hundred fifty total by oh. the time it's done, so it's getting bigger every time yeah that's
4: right. uh, well, that's all the time we had for today with you okay. Jeff, but we're definitely going to have you back on the show I mean, yeah. we oh, ha- sure. we yeah. have to know what was the secret behind the
5: disco fries. What was the secret behind I think it was so. really just gravy and cheese. oh, that's <laughs> really all it was. Is it all <laughs> I mean, it really... It's it's a a local cuisine here. It's a local cuisine
0: here. Oh, is really? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you.
4: And uh, we're going to be going to a short musical break, and we're going to be coming right back with Bruce Bruce Jones. Okay, let me... It's down there, sorry. Go, my man. You can do it, the producer and DJ of the show. You're listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom.
0: Steve
4: Sansweet, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, live from SFX. We
0: get a little feedback here.
4: That's right.
0: Okay,
1: we're good.
4: And, (laughs) uh,. Now we're talking. We're going to be talking with Bruce Jones, who was the writer for the regular graphic novels from uh, Marvels back in the back in the good days, and he also did some work for Dark Horse on Star Wars and uh, especially some works on the Tales of Mazesley. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, just a little closer for yeah. the. Yeah. <laughs>
6: That close? Yeah, yeah. close. That's okay. that close. That's okay. So, welcome to the show. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for having me here. It's no, no pleasure. No. Uh, how do you like the convention so far? It's been fantastic. Everyone's been real sweet. And uh, it's been, been a great, great crowd and uh, a warm reception. and uh, Very exciting. My first yeah. trip to, to, to Montreal. Montreal. My first trip to Canada. Great. And oh. it's been uh, it's well, great. We'll all. hope you'll come back. Oh, I'll <laughs> come back. I will come back. <laughs> Just to see more right. of Montreal. I spent yeah. too much time at the Comic Convention, didn't get to see Montreal. But yeah. right.
0: come right. up no. during the summer with all the festival.
4: It's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's stop. Let's stop doing uh, special uh, plugs for, for, for all Montreal. Montreal. Yes. <laughs> <But> <laughs> on under <to> Star Wars. <laughs> and under uh, Star Wars, how did yeah. you actually come to uh, be the, the writer for the, the first? Well,
6: music um, it was a kind of a, a serendipitous situation. I was um, friends with one of the publishers at, at Dark Horse. And also an old friend of Al Williamson's, who was an artist for, for the comic books. And uh, so the fact that we knew each other, we kind of all got together. And when the George Lucas decided to do the, um, uh, another turn on the original yeah. Star Wars movie for um, comic books, uh, they hired me to write it uh, because I had a close relationship with Al. Okay. And uh, it was a great experience. Um, we, uh, we, you know, we were old friends, so we were able to talk it out. And I think there there are sections of the book that are, I think are the, some of the best stuff I've ever th- I've ever done. We, all, we always thought that the, the, you know, the trench sequence at the end of the mm-hmm. first film, okay, well, you know, that had been done before in graphic mm-hmm. novel form, but we always felt like, you know... It just, it just wasn't just, right. Yeah, it's there, you know, but, you know, then you go back and you watch the movie, and it's so great, you know, and we thought, how can we possibly match that you know? yeah and i talked to al about it and i said look uh you know it's all quick cuts in the movie i said we just got to do it so we're just going to have to go nine panels a page you know <laughs> and he's like all right you know and i said no but it'll be cool so and he went with it he, he was just great what a trooper and so we've got like five or six pages there with nine panels you know where you're where you're cross-cutting between and it, i think it's the most movie-like looking comic adaptation at least that sequence okay. of any that have come out so I'm very proud of it and very happy with it it worked out very well I think I got everybody in but one one Star Trooper who crashed into the side of the trench or something okay. and it was a minor okay. character but everything okay. else is. probably Porkins I, I remember but <laughs> I, almost everyone else is in there yeah, yeah sure that's fun. great yeah. and
4: of course it was like one of the most as you said action scenes yeah. that any American comics has, I'd, I'd ever seen. Yeah. So that was like really something. A
6: lot of hard work for Al. That's a, nine panels a page yeah. is a lot to draw. Yeah. But he did it beautifully. I suppose you saw
0: uh, Star Wars in 1977. I did. With I everyone did. else. Yeah. It walked in cold. It had yeah. no
6: idea what it was about. I was completely blown away like everyone else. Yeah.
0: And uh, after you done the new open adaptation, uh, were you. Uh, more of a fan than you were before doing that comic.
6: I was pretty much a fan from the get-go, I mean from the moment I walked out of the theater, um, of course you look at it now, if if you look at the original, if you can find the original, it looks, of course, it looks crude compared to what they do Mm -hmm. now, but uh, but then, holy cow, and there was uh, virtually no science fiction on the screen, of course, back then, and we were all sci-fi fans, we are like... You know, Star Trek was all we had. You know, we're all champing at the bit, yeah. you know, and that thing came along. The funny thing is, the that year or the year before, I was living in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and they had a convention, uh, just a comic book convention. Mm-hmm. And they had one little room with these, with these movie actors, guys named Mark Hamill, and people like that, who no, you know, nobody had ever heard of, and all this weird-looking spaceships and stuff on these tables and they were all standing behind these tables and and there was this thing called star wars, star wars. you know and we were walking around and looking to, what in the world is this you know yeah, and everybody it. was very casual about it you know and, what's and going to come out of this we <laughs> had no one and i don't think anyone thought it, would, it was going to be what it was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but i saw it on a huge screen and full say on a wide screen and it was a defining moment in my life just like yeah. everyone else I guess you know. Yes. So I uh,
4: I have to agree with you like the first uh the first prints of Star Wars were the best ones. Yeah. And I still have, I still own some of the VHS copies of yeah. that day. The one last time. Yeah. No, no, no? even okay, before that, before that real, oh, like oh eight, oh my. the 80s VHS. Okay. Yeah. And I look at them now and I see less of the squares around the TIE Fighters right. than yeah. after they yeah. showed that. Yeah. That's the, that's the, the, the mat lines you know. are all there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Then, then from the new ones. It's, it's really... You scary.
6: know, I, it's interesting. Um, just to show you how far they've come. Um, I watched the latest film. Mm-hmm. The one that's set... The, the current film. Uh, it was on HBO. It's been on HBO. And I thought it was a good film. You know, it was all right. It was fine. Uh, I thought it was beautifully done. I recently got... Connected to satellite and high definition TV, mm-hmm. oh. and HBO runs they simulcast the regular analog with high definition. This is this is not a this is not a promotion for high definition. <laughs> but I must tell you that if you have not seen this movie on in today. pure digital to digital on high definition television, you have not and I, I, you have not seen this movie. That's I mean, it. even if you've seen it in the theaters, mm-hmm. this is the most incredible experience imaginable it's oh. just it's just fabulous the yeah. detail you can see forever into the screen and <laughs> the the paintings and the, and the artwork and uh, it's a it's, it's a far m- smarter and more intelligent and better movie than, than uh, a lot of people know I think I think it was really uh, enhanced by that mm-hmm. so if, so so run out and, and buy a high definition TV right away that's
4: <laughs> it or sign finishing so that your theater can get a digital uh, uh, every theater should have a digital project for
6: episode 3 It's a, I saw it in the theater actually in the, in the DLP process mm-hmm. that, that Lucas uh, invented and uh, watching it at home on my Big screen in, in, in high definition was, was was a better experience. I'm telling you, it's just That's amazing. Mm. Sharp. I remember I
4: remember tack. the eight minutes at Indianapolis I, I had the, the chance to saw. And when I saw it at the premiere with all the dust and all on the film, I was like, no. Oh
6: <laughs> man. Were you
0: at Indianapolis?
4: I'm sorry? No, I Were wasn't. You?
6: No, but I, I know what he means. I am fully aware of what he means. <laughs> it's just it's just a it's a breathtaking experience. Definitely. I could right. watch it over and over. It's just great. It's how, great.
0: how did you uh, end up not Necessarily doing the annual, but doing comics basically.
6: Well, I had been out of comics, but I'd, I'd done them in the 80s and I'd been out of them for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. I was in uh, Hollywood writing uh, movies and doing uh, TV shows for HBO. I did a uh, show called The Hitchhiker for HBO. I don't know if you get that in Canada or not, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe. Um, and uh, Axel Alonzo, who mm-hmm. is an editor at Marvel, called me and asked me if I'd be interested in doing The Hulk, and I hadn't read it in years. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, I, I don't think I can do that, Axel, because I don't read the comic and and I don't know how to write that kind of stuff. And he said, Good, that's just what we want. <laughs> so we <laughs> so, want someone and, new. Uh, yeah, and it took off. Uh, so I, I don't know why, but people seem to like it. So uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun and a great experience. It helps to have great artists yeah, and, a and a terrific it. editor. Yeah. yeah.
0: And what have you done since then? And what are you working well, on I, right
6: now? Well, I'm working on a new project for Marvel that they won't let me talk about okay. because they, they have their little core of uh, you know press release people who yeah. who get red in the face when you when you. Put uh, yeah, out spoilers, but um, sounds go- like Lucas
3: licensing. Well, I'm going to be doing something
6: with <laughs> Sam Keith. It's probably going to be a Wolverine uh, miniseries, but I am doing a new regular character. Okay. Um, and but the thing about it is, the Hulk just keeps it's selling very well, so they just keep putting out more issues per year. It started out twelve, and it went thirteen. Then I think I went seventeen. I don't know what it's up to now. And everybody keeps coming up to me and saying, "When are you guys going to get a regular artist?" Well, we have a regular artist, but he can't keep up, so we have <laughs> every sixth issue we have a guest artist come in. And um, so, so it's keeping me so busy that uh, there's hardly time for anything. I used to write novels, believe it or not, and I, I have no time now. So, but I'm having a ball doing it. So,
4: yeah. a- <laughs> Anything you should like that you'd like to uh, promote, promote? Promote? Yes. Yeah. I w- I, you know. Then we could find a lot of Yeah, I talk chapters. to Marvel about this. <laughs> I
6: say, you know, I can go to these conventions and I can promote. It. No, don't do it. Let our press people to see. So I can't. Yeah. My, my lips are sealed. You
4: all your own these- novels.
6: Oh uh, gee, I've written I've got about five or six hardcovers out. They're 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 not in the science fiction uh horror uh, genre at all. They're they're more mainstream suspense. One of them's called Sprinter, uh in Deep. Um, oh gosh, let me think. Uh well they're they're that's basically what like police procedural suspense stuff. So if you like that kind of stuff, uh, you know, you might go for that. I, I have a pseudonym called Bruce Elliott, and I also write under my own name, Bruce, Bruce Jones. So mm-hmm. um, if any of you out there are interested in uh, that kind of material, uh, you can find them on Amazon, uh, okay. usually. Well, Do uh, you have a website? I have, a I have one, but I'm living in the Midwest now, and uh, I had set it up in L.A., and it's so old that I don't really recommend anybody okay. go to it. It's kind of outdated. There are a few of the books on it. It's, very, it's badly outdated, and I need to update it. I'm ext- Extremely lazy and... But you don't have
0: time, probably.
6: That's it. I keep trying to get my wife to do it. She says, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She um, says, get a life. <laughs> <laughs> That's it.
4: Uh, going back to the Star Wars, how many artists did you had a chance to work with?
6: A lot. When I did the... Um, uh, Dark Horse did a, a, a book, or actually a series called Tales of Mose Eisley. And um, there were... Uh, I think there were some other writers involved in that, too. But I worked with... Uh, Almost all the, the current um, uh, artists of the time, and they collected that into trade paperback form. Yes. And there's some real good stories—not just by me. There's some good stories by a lot yeah. of guys. So I highly recommend. Like,
4: in that, tel- in the tales of Mazaisley we have to admit that Greedo really is such a, a sad story. of yeah. Greedo is really a sad <laughs> is, story. <laughs>
6: but the thing that's nice about that is that it's the um, short story format, and you don't get to see that that much yeah. you know, these days. It's that's almost all superheroes and continuing characters. And the Mos stuff was fun because they were—it's background stories. Yeah, and they're eight to ten page stories, and and they're you know you can—it's all there and self-contained. And those are fun to do, and you don't get a chance to do them. So I have a blast doing those, you know. And uh, I, I recommend finding those. They're kind of, you know, they they, they played a little bit of a low profile with it at, mm-hmm. at Dark Horse, but I—you should seek them out if you can find them because they're they're really good. Mm-hmm. Really we'll good Definitely stores, be yeah. looking for them. Yeah.
4: And uh, how do you enjoy working in the Star Wars universe?
6: Oh, it's great. I mean, I had no trouble with research or anything because um I, I mean, as I said, I'm an old friend of Al Williamson. I was in close proximity at the time he was doing the the newspaper strip, so you know, we would trade back and forth stories and he would he, he got to meet with George Lucas and go to the ranch and do all that stuff. And it was just great. So I had I had no problem with, with keeping up with the continuity and it was it was it was just great fun. I th- I think George Lucas is I guess Spielberg and Lucas have really changed the course of movie history and, and brought people back into the theaters and it's 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 yes, a great thing. Most definitely. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yes. It, it's enriched all of our childhood. <laughs> yeah. All of our lives, I guess. That's yeah.
4: it. So we're gonna let you go back to your fans. Thank because yeah. After all, this is a convention and <laughs> we have like we have a clone trooper, an ARC trooper actually. <laughs> we have a Tie Fighter pilot who took on a little weight. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. To oh. We oh. have um, a scout trooper. We have a Boba Fett. Very Storm good. They, they, look a, they look it's great. It's incredible. We have like all the armor guys. They look like a scout who wants Damn. to get into yeah. gear Hey, all right. Well. All right, well so I'll take off my Star
6: Wars hat and put on my Hulk hat and go back to my table. So, <laughs> so uh, thank you for having me and uh, we'll uh, my wishes lo- for continued success with the show. Yeah, guys.
0: Thank you very much. All we'll right. let you know what it's online.
6: Please. That's right. Thank you. Th- thanks a Bye-bye. lot.
0: So we're
4: now going to go to a short musical break and we'll be right back with you at SFX.
0: Hi. Hi, I'm Shovel and I'm Shane Diggs, and we're the authors of the New Jedi Order trilogy, Old Heretic. You're listening to Star Wars on the Direct:
4: And we are back uh, at Star Wars on the Rack. <laughs> and uh, we're live here from SFX with a bunch of friends looking at us weirdly all in their sd S G one gear, which is really funny actually. <laughs> we are laughing at you, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are actually waiting for our friend uh, James Armstrong, who is one of the organizers of the convention to drop by. But meanwhile, we actually have... Uh, a fan! A fan with us! Ooh. None other than Wookie Mart all over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's out of the Star
0: Wars Galaxies uh, game yeah, now. I
2: came out for the real thing. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Fantasy, go, uh, computer games go only so far. When you get, a dea- when you get the real deal, you can't really yeah. walk away from the opportunity.
4: How do you like the the, the convention so far?
2: It's a really cool turnout. Uh, and uh, what I like is it covers a lot. Uh, there's a lot to please just about anybody. That's who's it, interested.
4: because SFX is. A convention for anime fans. Yeah. It has a lot of anime drawers, voiceovers, and all. Scott McNeil is here. Mm. Uh, yeah. We have a lot of a lot of things for just the ag- just the comic book fans. And there's tons and tens of thousands of comic books. Yeah, it's incredible. I'm about to puke. <laughs> I'm, I mean, for for
2: the heavy collector the, who's looking for the rare that rare item. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's anybody probably who's here. Patient enough yeah and, loo- that's, and that's rifles it. around through all the stuff that's here he probably will get what he wa- what he's looking for
4: you have to be a well I found Star Wars Tales number 9 here
2: oh there you go
4: that was really cool and, and Tag, Tag and Binks
0: are dead number 1 <laughs> <laughs> which was <laughs> the only one missing from my collection <laughs> <laughs> and of course Peter Mayhew is here you're a big yeah, fan of, well, <laughs> of Chewbacca so oh yeah big time big that's time right. uh, how was it to meet him
2: uh, I was a really cool uh, well I met him once at the Empire Con 2 convention okay. when he came in to town but uh, I didn't really get a chance to uh, get to chat with him mm-hmm. a lot Because there were... Um, uh, well, the timing wasn't really right uh, And the, the, the layout of the thing was made... S- EmpireCon was a really cool thing But you didn't get to be up close and personal yeah. with uh, the stars Which is the gre- really cool thing about SFX There is a familiar... A um, laid-back feel to it. You get to have fun, chat with them a lot. They're, I mean, uh, Peter and Angie are. They're, great. they're the most likable people I've ever met in this industry. I haven't done too many cons, but they're they're probably like the best people mm-hmm. I've ever met.
0: Uh, and uh, we had the, we we were fortunate to have them for supper. Oh, yesterday. that was that was and just right.
2: okay. Uh, th- I, I can resume last night with three words. Oh, my God. I like that. I like that. That was just like cool. That. That was just yes. cool. Yeah. We,
4: we took him out for supper. We had a great time with them. A lot of anecdotes. and Oh, yes.
2: Oh, that stories. The stories a Wookiee can tell are just amazing.
4: And then we came back and we brought him back to the hotel, just like paid him a Guinness, and there you go. It was took like a drink. And having tons of fun. Of course, for for me and Wookiee Mart here, it just didn't stop at... At, at 3 a.m.? The, the Incredible Wookiee. No. Because the Incredible Wookiee went to, went to bed. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. went to bed at midnight. Which is okay, because he Which has a totally full day ahead fun. of him today. That's it.
2: So, you know, he's. that's what tells me, That that's what shows to me how professional these people are, mm-hmm. how willing they are to be there for the fans. They are, they're really troopers. I mean, they, 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 they're they available for us. They chat with us. They're patient with our they uh, share life stories with us. With, uh, some of us fans are more extravagant than others. And they are totally patient with that. And that is what that is what is lovable about them. That's what I admire about them. Mm-hmm, the way yes. they just welcome you into their life and just enjoy the, the this whole family thing uh, about the Star Wars fandom. Yeah. Which is really cool.
4: Definitely. And so we went on. Oh, yeah. We had our little fun with yeah, none well, other than... The Irish oh. New Yorker, Robert O'Reilly.
2: Yeah, that was something else. That was an uh, out-of-this-world experience. <laughs> and, well, actually, I don't know how many hardcore Star Wars fans don't like bridging the gap between Star Wars and Star Trek, but I think we did a pretty good job of it last night.
4: Oh, that was incredible. It's incredible. Now, now I like politics. <laughs> because they, they they can, like, grab the bridge and, like, just put it together oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. between Star Wars and Star Trek. That was, I, that was a worst. really cool experience
2: to start the evening with a Wookiee and end it with a Klingon. I mean, I basically covered all bases last night.
4: Two fierce warriors. <laughs> <laughs> who in their life will experience that? Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like wow. And of course, you you have to. You just had to be there, but it was incredible. If you didn't come to SFX, let it be a lesson. You missed come, out. Come the next time. And you we missed hope out they thing. will be coming back to Montreal. Probably. So you have to come back.
0: We hopefully will be able to speak with James, the organizer. That's right. He he's, he's around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: being an organizer, usually they're very busy and solicited. Yes, yes. So we're probably not the only people on his list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So what did you do at the
4: convention uh, oh, I've, ever I've since I've yesterday?
2: I've seen so many old things that I'd completely forgotten about. I mean... There's just memorabilia here for the eye and the memories And just really interesting stuff the, I won't go into details because there's yeah. too much of it I yeah. mean, it just... I saw something I saw a movie f- for the Fantastic Four that yeah, was made uh, in 1966 Yeah, I saw a little bit of it That was, that was never
4: published it. Yeah. That's
2: yeah, and you see stuff like that and you go, really? Wow <laughs> <laughs> that,
4: that happened? Wow
2: so yeah. it's nothing new with the Marvel movies now they've tried it before no. it just wasn't ready
4: it just wasn't the right time Yeah, no, the timing yeah, wasn't that good that was the thing and uh, what would you say to people who didn't come to the convention
2: well there was more of it for too us too bad <laughs> <here>. so <laughs> That's
0: it. come next time
2: I mean it Come make the effort to come out you're missing out on stuff
0: there you go and we had a great supper with 30 people Thir- 30 yeah, people there was
2: 30 people who came out for the supper it was really really cool uh, very very fam- family-like. There was a family feeling to it. Everybody was talking. Everybody was chatting. It felt like a family outing,
0: basically.
4: Yeah. And it's it a great place to bring your to bring kids. I mean, Scott McNeil's done tons of stuff from Transformers, uh, Beast Wars, to uh, Dragon Ball Z. And yeah, japan
2: uh, anime, Pokemon. There's Beyblade stuff, Magic stuff. You name it, they got it.
4: There's like Tens of thousands of stuff. So yeah. Yeah. It's all over
2: the place. Oh, it's very fun. And I mean, the... Uh,
4: we cannot see past to our table because there's so yeah. many people right in Yeah, yeah
2: that's yeah. pretty cool right now. <laughs> there, there's a really cool... We, we, we like five minutes ago, yeah. it, no, it, it felt really weird because it hadn't started yet, but now people are trickling in and it's filling it's yeah. up.
0: And that's pretty cool. We've got right. the 501st around us. They're everywhere. They're yeah, everywhere. That's, there's oh, Jamie is sitting right there, so uh, if we could... Uh, if you could grab him Yeah, but I, I, well I think he, he needs someone to actually
4: <laughs> Replace himself, so okay. okay Oh, yeah, I think he's gonna be coming, oh. He's coming oh. in Oh, he's gonna be coming back oh. And now, and Peter May just, like, reaches boot to sign yeah. uh, the autographs So <laughs> <laughs> And he's wearing a 501st Canadian Garrison yeah. uh, surprise T-shirt cool. And we have to s- to say this Because it's incredible SFX Montreal was the biggest 501st reunion,
0: Canadian 501st reunion ever. Ever. Really? No, but I thought I think they said one in Toronto, maybe one or two more. But, yeah, we, had, we, had
4: th- we had three people from the province who never made it to other events, mm-hmm. and we had eight people who came from all over the place, from GTA, which is a greater Toronto area, and from St. Catharines, Niagara. It's incredible! Well,
2: if you ask me, any con, any convention that sets a precedent like that is worth the wait. And worth, oh, not definitely. the wait, but worth coming out to. Yeah. You know, well,
4: let us remember this. What do we Star Wars fans do? We wait. There we go. We always wait. We yep. keep on waiting and waiting and waiting. And that's what we do because we love to do it. Oh, patience is a virtue. To, we love to meet new people while we're waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Jeff Cialetti who was sitting right next to us all weekend and it was really cool. And uh, he's leaving now, so bye, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're on Sunday, so it's that's the last it. day. It's the last Obviously, day. Obviously.
2: Know, well, that's always the thing with conventions. You, there's always that, that twinge in your heart when stuff... Is doing, is coming to an end, and you go, ah, oh, darn! You know it's gonna end again, and I'm gonna have to wait and for and the next one. But the next that's the year. Cool thing that's what makes you come back to the next one. Is mm-hmm. because
4: no, that's why sh- there's a ye- there's a year in between two conventions yeah. for a very basic reason, so that you can fill up your wallet back. <laughs> back <About> too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's all about budgeting. <laughs> it's all about
4: budgeting. But we we joke around a lot with the the fact of the money involved. But SFX was twenty five dollars. For an entire weekend access pass, and that's that
3: nothing, nothing. That's nothing. nothing. That's, nothing. I, that's Canadian. A, I'm a student.
4: I don't have any income, and, and that's nothing. That's Canadian funds, and it's yeah. really nothing. We oh, got James and we coming in. We had tens of thousands of people, and we got James coming in right so now. Uh, so, <laughs> <you laughs> bye. See
0: you next time. Oh, and I'll be here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll see you next time okay. on the show. You see, this is live, so that's we right. got James talk really close to the mic. Hello, show. James.
4: Hey. James Armstrong, one of the, the directors of marketing for SFX yes. I think you could say So, uh, how did you like Montreal as a general
0: crowd bringer
4: for oh, the we first were, time? Yeah. Oh, we
7: were very happy uh, Friday was very encouraging It was above our expectations Saturday was, was uh, probably about average what we expected mm-hmm. So overall, we're going to probably meet our targets for this one show
4: Oh, that's That's great. a great news Does that mean that we have hopes of seeing you coming back next year?
7: Oh, uh, uh, very much so. We've always had the plan in mind that if this went off well, then we would make it an annual event and come back here every fall.
4: Oh, that sounds great. Our new hope. that's affects <laughs> <a, that's laughs> our new hope. Uh, any chance that it's going to be held in some other place than uh, Palais des Congrès?
7: Uh, certainly. When we uh, first came up with this idea to come to this city, we went around and we looked at all the different facilities, and we had different, uh, there was different, Problems with different facilities. Yes. This one has, like any other, has its advantages and disadvantages. But uh, yeah, we'll look into that.
0: <laughs> Sounds great. And I think you got a really good turnout because uh, you, at the same time, we got the, the Salon du Livre, and it's right, which, yeah, is it's basically yeah. which is which is a big, it's it's a big uh, event here good, in Montreal yeah. for all book readers yeah, and all.
4: And that, so that's
7: the French Book Fair, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, they're down the street. We, we actually looked at the facility they were in, the Bonaventure. Um,
0: I, I, you should look into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
7: well, I, actually, it was, it was a toss-up between this place okay. and that. And the one thing that we found when we were talking to people in Montreal, when we said the Palais de Congrès, one, everyone knew where it was. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew yeah. what it was. Uh, and I think this place has an impression that, you know, it's a big place. So yeah. w- when you have a show here, it's a big show. It's a rather show, yeah. than If you have it at a hotel, it can be a little tiny mm-hmm. thing. Or I mean, there are big shows in hotels, but uh, we wanted to get the impression across yeah. that, you know, hey, we're bringing a big show. There's going to be lots of people here, mm-hmm. lots of celebrities. Uh, and, and for people out of town, especially, like we did advertising in the Ottawa Valley, mm-hmm. and we hope that people come down and make the weekend out of it, you know, like a, a whole weekend trip.
4: That's nice, mm-hmm. it. Uh, What was the idea of actually coming to Montreal and have these people, all all the guests, uh, come into for a convention?
7: Well, the way we arranged it, uh, as you can see from our guest list, we tried to cover a lot of bases, Star Mm -hmm. Trek, all the different series, Star Wars, and, uh, you know, a few other shows. Um, Comic Book, same thing. We have big independent names, and we have some um, big names from Marvel, DC, and all them. So we we 're going to analyze everything and see you know who did well who didn't do so well, and then we 'll get um, the information we need to make better calls on that so we w- We yeah, basically that. tried to get the biggest cross section of people, and then whoever did uh well you know we'll'll we'll remember to do that next time and, and you get and the
0: feel of the people what they want oh definitely say.
7: they t- they tell you they tell you um, i've had many people come up to, m- to me and thank me for bringing so and so here or so and so here um th- and that's great to hear but uh bottom line is for uh folks uh that cost some money you know we got to make that money back yeah, so yeah. uh i can tell you you know peter mayhew from star wars is a- absolutely no problem he's one of our most popular guests <laughs> here so uh we'll always have a star wars guest and um we've worked with almost all of them um sometimes that are advanced, available yes. yeah mm-hmm. <coughs> and and uh for our other shows we're uh we're looking at bigger, bigger names because um, we saw that some of the shows in the states have like Carrie Fisher and uh, Mark Hamill, and we'd like to have those guys for sure.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, Mark Hamill is basically doing most of the time the San Diego Comic Con, right. especially for the voiceovers and stuff like that.
7: Yeah, I saw him there, and uh, actually, he was probably the hardest celebrity to get to because I wanted to talk to him. Uh, the initial invite, uh, if you can talk to them face to face, it's nice because then they can put a face yeah, that's to sense. the phone calls or the emails. And uh, uh, he was the hardest guy to get to. You know, I think it was easier to get to Halle Berry and Hugh Jackman than it was to get to uh, oh, Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> and he wow. just had, you know, Ten big guys all around him all the time And I just couldn't get uh, I even ran into uh, an agent That I know well down there And uh, even with him around He couldn't help me out much But but, uh, we have put the call in now uh, Not for a Montreal show But we we would like to work with him So we're going to see what his schedule's like And uh, uh, try to get him up to Canada in, in, In some some city at some yeah, point at some point yeah I don't have any uh, more FX, details than that That's right. said
4: SFX is also a convention held every summer in Toronto
7: yeah the Canadian National Science Fiction Expo is uh, the biggest show of it's mm-hmm. kind in, in the country and I think it's one of the biggest in the world now actually uh, it's every August uh, the, the weekend before the, uh, uh, Labor Day weekend ok ok uh, it's always on the same weekend at the Metro Toronto Convention Center and next year 2004 will be our 10th anniversary
4: oh, oh well happy great. birthday in advance yeah, well, uh, <laughs> so uh, course, uh, the, the biggest problem with, sadly enough with the uh, Canadian Science Fiction Expo is that it's very often held the same weekend as Dragon Con in Atlanta
7: no but Dragon Con is Labor Day weekend is Labor Day weekend yeah, yeah. So, so it's the like the week after, after, after that yeah, so. yeah. yeah and actually that works well uh, for us as far as guests go because guests that come uh, from overseas such as uh, Ray Park he came to do Toronto, mm-hmm. and then he flew down to New York for something, and then he flew down to Dragon Con. There so you go. Okay. It was a uh, big motivation. That's um, that You can sort of hit, do two, three, sh- two, three things yeah. while you're mm-hmm. over here. Because, uh, you know, that's quite a trip, just to come over for a, a day or two to do a show and then fly back. Uh, so th- sometimes that works out well.
0: Where, this is a Star Wars show, so how long have you been a Star Wars fan, and what do you... L- Think about Star Wars, and uh, fandom, and everything?
7: What, what, what's my Star Wars story? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Star Wars story. opened on my birthday in 1977. Oh, oh. that's great. May 25th, and uh, I went and saw it. I uh, was the first kid in my school to have seen it. So when we went to school on Monday, you know, I got to tell everyone how great it was and, uh, you know, try to describe a lightsaber battle by picking up some sticks and swinging them <laughs> around my head. Uh, so it was very exciting, and, um, you know, I. Uh, I was young enough that I still played with the action figures and stuff, so I had a lot of the toys, the original toys. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any of it anymore. Yeah, same um, thing for me. Yeah, that's why they're so valuable, yeah. right? because everyone put them in garage sales or they gave or them they the have dog them hanging
4: from their neck, <laughs>
7: or they're buried in many backyards. Yeah. I remember, uh, you know, especially with the Jawa there that you got, uh, people would take them out of the sandbox, right? Yeah, because uh, it's tattooing, right? right so they <laughs> <laughs> so lose tattooing. them in the sandbox. So many hundreds of years from now, somebody's going to be digging and, <laughs> and what the hell is <laughs> this <laughs> Ooh, uh,
4: What kind of civilization used to live here? Yeah,
7: <laughs> yeah a twisted one, I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I liked it right from the start. And uh, it also, uh, I think it gave a resurgence to science fiction in general because uh, George, uh, George Lucas was taking a big risk uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. I, he, he was trying to get his ideas across that this would really be you know, an adventure kind of thing. Yeah. But everyone just kind of... I guess Star Trek came to mind, right. you know. Yeah. And it's like, are they going to have ray guns? Yeah, but they're not going to be cheesy ray guns, you know. They're going to be cool and they're going to mm-hmm. do this and that. And, and the battles are going to be epic and all this. It's hard to uh, get those uh, the support for those kind of ideas back then. So after it was such a great success, as you know, that's why they brought back Star Trek. Yes. Uh, the motion picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually talked about doing another series. Uh back in uh, 1970 mm-hmm. or uh, yeah uh, no uh, 1979, right. yes, okay, 1979
4: and uh, started talking about TNG
7: <laughs> well yeah eventually well the movies did so well that they uh, of course they went back to television and the next generation yeah um, all the science fiction was resurgent L- you look at the top 10 movies now uh, top 10 money making movies of all time yeah. eight of them are science fiction and yeah. uh four of them are star wars <laughs> and you know when people uh, especially when you talk to some of the media they say um oh well this is a science fiction event or whatever and they have a certain kind of person that comes to mind and and that's just uh they're out of touch that's an old stigma now uh Started started to crush everyone's dreams of like being a nerd, but yeah. uh, science fiction's mainstream. Oh, is. And oh, and yeah. It is, and totally it is, and it is big dollars. Uh, and uh, the the one thing I like about it is is you know the Matrix thing, yeah, which is still kind of hot right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's actually cool to be into the Matrix, yeah. you know, it's it's cool to go and see it, it's cool to, you know, they're sort of setting fashion trends, yeah, yeah, so to dress up as Neo. the music, and, and uh, you know, the video games, you know, playing yeah. the, you
0: know. No, the movie industry is not just the movie, it yeah, is, it's, it's everything a around
7: it. It's a pop culture thing, and uh, I really like to see that happen, It it makes it easier for everybody, because... Um we're trying to go for a more general fan here. We know that there's uh like these wonderful guys that dress up in the yeah. in the costumes, the uh Stormtroopers. Yeah. Fantastic. Um but we don't expect everyone to do that, you know. Yeah. They, but when we put on an event these guys are big supporters, but we want to get that person that you know loves Star Wars but maybe hasn't been to one of these things and they don't know where to buy things yeah. or or and to and meet people. Or or to meet if they want... Yeah, if they want to meet the There's actors. a lot of
4: Star Wars fans out there. If you're listening to us, you are not alone. <laughs> <laughs> there are some other like you. Oh, yeah. And, and it's uh, the right place to meet them. That's right.
7: Oh, yeah, you see them all collecting. Uh, <laughs> you get the, the clone
0: you trooper.
3: <laughs> we, we see them all collecting together. Uh, yeah. the
7: Star Trek fans talking yeah. to... I once at a show saw a stormtrooper hugging a Cylon. Oh! That that was an image I don't think I'll ever forget. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Star
4: Wars and Battlestar
7: (laughs) Galactica. Yeah, Yeah, it was. It it was very, I don't know, very uncharacteristic, I guess. But uh, it it was. uh, That's something I won't forget for sure. Oh, and here we got a Jedi walking up the aisle. Yeah, that's
4: right. And she's uh, actually one of our acquaintances, and she came. From Bicamo Sh- From Bicamo, So that's like Nine hours at least Something like that Wow From, from Montreal uh, We appreciate yeah. that yeah, yeah I've
7: heard uh, There's people here from Ottawa There's even some folks From Toronto Which we're yeah. surprised Because yeah. uh, we do the big show In Toronto yeah. There's people so. from, from Quebec City also Yes yeah. Very yeah. very much so We got a lot of guests yeah. from uh, From Quebec City As well as yeah. attendees so uh, our reach, uh, looks looks pretty good. yeah, for yeah. our first one, it, it's right. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely had some success. So mm-hmm. we're gonna analyze everything and
0: uh, let us know. Yeah, it'll and probably be a couple of we'll weeks because <laughs> it's
7: a lot of a lot of information to go through. Yeah. But uh, we'll definitely look at it and talk to talk to everybody involved and uh, give you a better idea. But yeah, we, the long long range plan is to uh, establish ourselves in Montreal on, on a certain date hopefully at a certain place all and and come back every year.
4: Well, it's going to be our pleasure to give you the most help we can, yeah. especially with a Star Wars fandom and uh, with SITLAN and fan force. It's going to be our pleasure to give you a yeah. hand. Oh, thank and you to, very much, guys. To come back and do the the interviews with all the guests and uh, and you again, I hope yeah, so. Yeah, well,
7: I, you know, I I try. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the worst a guest can say is no, right? So, there yeah. you go. Well, so thank, thank you very much, much okay, thank for you. being
4: on a, with us on the show. Thank you. Uh are we going to go listen to another little No, we're going uh, to end this... Uh, we're going right to be right wrapping right. this up yep. because we're 45 minutes away from the Q&A sessions with uh, none other than Peter Mayhu and we want to see that, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we have to tune, down for, to tune out for that. And uh, we're going we're gonna to be leaving you on uh, the little closing statements. Mm-hmm. Basically, the next show is on November 30th. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the last New Jedi Order novel, The Unifying Force by James Lucino. Uh, if Probably
0: ha- we will hear the interview from Peter Mew at that point
4: That's right uh, If you have any comments on the show Or that you would like to make any suggestions or f- or for upcoming u- subjects Please send an email to studio at swendirect.com We'd like to thank our sponsors Of course, sitman.net, Legends Action Figures, SimpleNet Our partners, theforce.net and none other than Wars com, The home of Star Wars Fan Audio and we're telling you, see you next time on Star Wars Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom.
2: This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. to visit www.swanzevec.com for more information about upcoming shows.
1: Sitelon.net c'est... Toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga. Des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars, incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe. Et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.citelan.net.
7: Legends
2: Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars.
4: Sir, if you'll not be meeting me, I'll close down for a while.